Yep, we are recording. All right, we're good. All right, friends, thanks so much. Hey, Ashton, how was your summer? Um, my summer was pretty great. It was very busy. I did a lot of really cool stuff. I was able to go to the beach twice this summer, which was really cool. Um, I hung out a lot more with my friends this summer than I have in the past summers. I wanted to make my summer before my senior year something to remember. Back to Youth of the Year. So you got Youth of the Year, right? I did, yeah. Tell me all about that. That's huge. It was it was really nerve-wracking at first because I had been runner-up. I'd won the school level, went to the organization level, and was runner-up two years prior. And then when I finally won, I was almost like in shock and I was like, okay, I've made it here before now, what do I do? Um, but Boys and Girls Club was super helpful with that. They guided me every single step of the way. My name's Ashton. I'm 17 years old. I'm going to my... Oh, start over. Hold up. Rewind. Pause. <laughs> my name's Ashton. I'm 17 years old. Um, I'm in my senior year of high school, and I've been in Boys and Girls Club for six years. When I think of Boys and Girls Club, I think of all these little snippets of memories of the fun we were having, the activities we were doing. It's kind of like at the beginning of a movie when they do that, um, all these scenes from the memories of the person that the movie is focusing on. That's what it feels like. It feels like I'm remembering all these like little short snippets of just like happy memories. And I don't think I've ever had a negative one or at least not one that's coming to my mind. So welcome to the fifth and final episode of the magic within podcast. This episode is being released on Giving Tuesday, a global generosity movement unleashing the power of people and organizations to transform their communities and the world. From all of us at Boys and Girls Clubs of Southwest Virginia, we thank the many generous donors who help us advance our mission each year through philanthropic contributions. Episode 5 is sponsored by Branch Group. On the fifth episode of the Magic Within podcast, we're talking about the pressing issue of learning loss among youth. Shawsville Middle School Principal Brandon Keith joins us to discuss the impact of disrupted education and the importance of after-school support. Boys and Girls Clubs of Southwest Virginia CEO Rebecca Meadows will share about the innovative programs implemented by the organization to bridge the learning gap. Through a heartwarming success story from club parent Rebecca, we'll uncover how Boys and Girls Club is nurturing young minds, fostering a love for learning, and empowering our youth to reach their fullest potential. We'll also catch up with Montgomery County High School club member and our very own Youth of the Year, Ashton, about the magical moments she has experienced at the club and how she is empowered to finish high school strong. Get ready to unlock the power of knowledge together. So, uh, for folks working with children, especially in any type of educational space, learning loss is a term we've used for a long time. In the early part of my career, Really where I saw it, where I was engaged in efforts and conversation around it, was summer learning loss. I'm Rebecca Meadows. I am the CEO of Boys and Girls Clubs of Southwest Virginia. Um, So we have a program called Summer Brain Gain. So instead of the loss, we're not going to just try to maintain, we're going to try to gain over the summer. And 2010 to 
to 2018, you know, that time frame, we did a lot of really great work geared towards that, helping kids not lose their ground during the summer. So that when they started the next grade level, they were equipped to succeed. Where that really changed when it stopped being a summer objective is the pandemic. And when children's worlds got turned upside down. So I was just saying, oh. uh, just start. Oh, yep. I'm sorry, can you hear me? Okay, yeah, you kind of, there was a little blip. Uh-oh, now Will's frozen. Hold yeah. on. <laughs> My power blipped out. There's a big storm coming through here right now. Is there? Oh, that's crazy, because y'all are so far apart. Gosh, the storm's coming my way now, too. So (laughs) my power might blink here soon. Okay, it's rebooting, so he'll be back. So going back to 2020, in that year of COVID and the pandemic, when we weren't going to school all the time, how did that affect you as a student? What was that time like for you? Um, That time was actually pretty rough. I think it was for everybody but for me it was pretty rough just because I mean you're inside all the time you're not talking to anybody sitting in your room all you have to yourself is your thoughts and that's it um so that it can be a pretty rough and a pretty um lonely time I think for everybody well I think in general over the past few years obviously COVID (laughs) took kids um you know out of their schools and out of their social circles for a long time and I continue to see really significant effects from that um especially in kids um who maybe already struggled a little bit with their social skills um you know COVID only made that worse so my name is Decca Knight and I am a licensed professional counselor After COVID, going back to school was the hardest thing for teachers and students. You know, I think the biggest, one of the biggest challenges uh, that we've developed uh, post-COVID, I think has been uh, lack of socialization, right? You know, a lot of young people, um, they kind of stay to themselves. They're very, um, they're like overly introverted. Um, that has been something that we have tried to work on as a whole, you know, school-wide and I think nationwide. So uh, here at Charlottesville Middle, about 70% of our students uh, come from low-income families, you know, so school is a safe haven for, uh, you know, a number of our students. And that really means a lot to me because it gives us an opportunity to make even more of an impact and to make even more of an impression. And I feel like by being able to expose them to um, different types of support, Um, through things like the Boys and Girls Club, it gives them a a view of life that they may not necessarily have. So my name is Brandon Keith, uh, and uh, this is my second year back at Shawsville Middle School as principal. So, you know, it was funny because, uh, you know, like I said, when I first started off, I was at the high school level, and uh, uh, one of my mentor teachers said, you know, Brandon, I think the middle school would be good for you. He said, "I, I actually could see you um, going back to the middle school level and uh, getting into administration. So he, I guess, kind of had this epiphany of, of uh, what he thought I could do at the middle school level. I just really enjoyed it and really fell in love with it. Um, I, I feel like the kids are still impressionable at this point. And I feel like you can really make a positive impact as a role model, um, you know, being a teacher, being a principal. I definitely think after COVID, it affected everybody's ability to learn because everybody was getting used to this online um, thing and you got so used to logging onto a class, muting it, going to sleep, 
The other thing with that is figuring out how to support how kids changed during that time, how learning changed. Um, so, so it took a really long time to kind of get back in the groove of learning how to learn again. So much, right? We moved so many things to web-based during that time, and we all had to learn how to use those systems. But a lot of it didn't go back. They're in classrooms again, but they're tools that are still being used. So how do we support them with this increased technology presence? How do we help them disconnect from that increased technology presence? And how do we help them work with others? The areas I see it the most, the change, a lot of reading um, struggles with reading comprehension and such, and then social interactions. And so coming out of the pandemic, I've seen so many kids just really, really struggling with anxiety, struggling with those social skills, struggling to engage. They're overly connected to technology to the point where they are uncomfortable with having face-to-face conversations in person. So So much, right? We moved so many things to web-based during that time, and we all had to learn how to use those systems. But a lot of it didn't go back. They're in classrooms again, but they're tools that are still being used. So how do we support them with this increased technology presence? How do we help them disconnect from that increased technology presence? And how do we help them work with others? So learning loss, you know, it's the academic content, but it's also how well kids are equipped to learn in a school environment. Is part of the reason why I think a lot of people struggle too much is because they didn't have that constant academic support that Boys and Girls Club was giving them. And that consistent day-to-day, do your homework, do you need help with your homework? If not, take time, step aside, go do your homework. So I think that also contributed to the lack of the ability to learn after COVID. A lot of our kids are struggling with depression as well. They're feeling really overwhelmed, not only coming back to school, but also with society in general. And so a lot of our kids are just becoming more and more um, kind of boxed in by different factors. And that, of course, just increases that tendency towards anxiety, depression, etc. For our bigger kids, That was high school and they were missing some big milestone things for our little kids. Think about, we've all talked about this so much lately, but those formative years and you're learning to read and you're learning basic math functions and you're doing it from home and your parents are working and you're trying to keep up to date. Or maybe you had just started to master a subject and then now you're home and then the next school year is so chaotic because of all these needs and restrictions. So learning loss now is not something we think about as we go into the summer of how do we prevent summer learning loss. It's how do we prevent learning loss every day as we're navigating things? And how do we make up for missed opportunities the last couple of years? We've had a, a very strong partnership with the Boys and Girls Club. I've had the opportunity to work with two phenomenal unit directors. They both have done a phenomenal job. So to address learning loss, um, Our number one resource is working with our school division partners. And we work with five different divisions, and they're absolutely amazing. Yeah, I'd I'd say uh, in terms of um, 
working to to close the uh, working to close the achievement gaps. That's been a very important piece, uh, you know, that we've collaborated with the Boys and Girls Club on. And, but what is it you're struggling with right now? How do we help move you forward? So really working with teachers. Um, a lot of our clubs have curriculum coordinators that are teachers or instructional leaders at schools that they help us correlate the data from the school down to specific SOL strands and report card learning standards. Like I said, they're really good about the two-way communication piece and it allows us to um, let them know, hey, here's what we need to focus on with our students. Here's what they're struggling with in class. And through that, we have the opportunity. We employ classroom teachers um, and they get the opportunity to spend some extra time with some kids that are their students during the day, some kids that aren't, to remediate and to move forward, not just remediate, but to prepare them for what's coming next. And we try to be intentional with what is this group of children struggling with? What are the trends here? And that way, when we go back and kind of look at our data, uh, we can we can start to look at, okay, here are the kids that attend Boys and Girls Club. Here's how much they've grown in uh, each specific class. And here is the growth we need to continue to work towards. So, like I said, Boys and Girls Club has been really big with the academic piece. You know, really big, like I said, once again, with the socialization piece and also, you know, giving students a positive uh, place, you know, outside of uh, school hours has been big as well. Well, we kind of jumped into the academic question number two and kind of yeah. that content. So you, I'm sure you picked up on that. But um, all right. Well, I'm going to let you jump back in. <laughs> right. When you, when you got back from COVID, was was the club helpful and kind of getting back on track? Were you able to come or get some support from your club mentors or what did they do to help you during that time? Yes, the club was very helpful. Honestly, yeah, I think going back to the club for me was a big, it almost, it was almost like a reset. Like this has been something I've been doing consistently ever since sixth grade. And then when it ends, but you go right back into it, then it almost, it's, it's a reset button. You get back in the habits, you get back in your routine. So just like for everyone else, the pandemic was something none of us expected. We weren't really prepared for it. I was in Atlanta at Boys and Girls Club of America the week um, that Virginia schools shut down. And just like everyone else, we, we progressed as restrictions eased and it became a little more safe to move on. But what that taught us and what we've learned through that is we are more agile and capable than we ever thought we were with COVID. It was just kind of like teachers are like, oh, you're here. You get an A. Like, it's like mm-hmm. you had to show up. <laughs> and that, yeah. yeah. Like I said before, people's ability to learn just kind of was swept away because they didn't have to study. They didn't have to actually really almost put in any effort to get work done, to get good grades in school. A lot of things in terms of uh, academics were viewed from the lens of completion. So, hey, if you completed, that's enough. I know teachers struggled struggled a lot trying to get students to put in the full effort because they were so used to like putting their name on a piece of paper, answering a couple questions and being done. So Boys and Girls Club has also helped us to kind of get back into the, the pre-COVID uh, academic standards of we need you to be able to master the content and understand the content, you know, with, with accuracy and fidelity versus like, hey, just do it and you get credit for it. So uh, that has really been a, a key component. So to mitigate the learning loss that took place through the pandemic, you know, I guess kind of step one was we tried to serve kids through it. So they didn't experience as much of that. But for those who still did, now 
you know, again, it's being intentional with the opportunities we provide. It's being intentional with the supports that we bring in. It's identifying who is struggling and what they're struggling struggling with and pairing them with the right person. You know, in terms of what they do, uh, academic support, uh, of course, is up at the top of the list. Um, so after school, our Boys and Girls Club meets uh, five days a week during the school year. Uh, and they spend an hour of that time focusing in on academic support, which is called Power Hour. And um, we also have had a staff member, well, at least one staff member that has served as a Boys and Girls Club tutor um, every year that I've been here as well. So that's been really good, you know, in terms of providing instructional support. Because I think about how discouraging it must be when you know you're falling behind and that you're struggling in school. I think about that when we make decisions for our kids and how important it is to keep them where they need to be. And going back into it, that consistent um, day-to-day, going to club, doing your work, and the interaction with everybody, it definitely, I think it made a lot of people's lives feel a lot better um, after that really depressing while. Well, it was also really exciting to see everybody. It was after COVID, after being by yourself for so long, I got to see all the staff members. I got to see all the club members. And it was really, really, really awesome because you got to see all these people that you had grown so close to, but then COVID kind of like swept you away. They also uh, work on uh, on team building activities. Uh, they work on relationship building. Um, they work on, uh, on social skills. Um, they work on the mental health piece. And then the social interactive skills, you know, you're not just by yourself behind a computer screen anymore. You're in a classroom with 20 kids. So how do you make your needs known when you need help? How do you collaborate with others? How do you share resources, not get frustrated with other people and communicate your needs? So that's a part of addressing that learning loss, too, is just equipping the whole child to be successful as they navigate their educational journey. Also, I've seen uh the uh, development of, uh, of students um, who have become a lot more mature after joining Boys and Girls Club, um, you know, especially, you know, with that social piece, um, students learning how to interact better with their peers, uh, learning some conflict management, some conflict resolution. Uh, and like I said, I, I, I would have to give kudos to the Boys and Girls Club staff members. And then the other piece that we've tried to do is support the parents. Um, Parents play a huge role in their kids' educational journey. And so, you know, it's really important to remember the parents in this process too. So the good thing about the Boys and Girls Club, it it, uh, is able to helping them to develop some very important skills, um, not just academic skills, but life skills, like uh, developing a strong work ethic, Um, you know, understanding that, uh, you know, if you are able to uh, put in some extra work that it can really go a long way. Um, Helping students to see that, hey, listen, by you being here after school, focusing in on your academics, that could possibly put you ahead and help you to achieve academic success on a higher level. It's able to impact all of the important areas when we look at the uh, overall development of teenagers. Do you feel like that being at the club and the things you learn there kind of empower you to be kind of the best Ashton you can be? I I do think so. We learn a lot of the things that we learn in club made me the best person I feel like I could be because they prepared us for our future. They helped build our character as we are now, not just for our future, but right now. 
They helped us reflect on ourselves and realize what we needed to work on as individuals and also be aware of what was going on around us and help us adjust to our surroundings. The Youth of the Year definitely brought me through a lot of experiences that I hadn't had to do before. And all of those experiences I know are going to later benefit me in life, like writing a resume, writing a cover letter, learning how to interview efficiently. Um, and I think the Boys and Girls Club obviously built those skills because that's where I learned them. I felt very accomplished. I felt like I had had the same story every year, but I felt like my skill to display my story and give it to the um judges more efficiently and in a more understanding and open personal way. With all of the volunteering that I did in Boys and Girls Club, um, it kind of just set me, put me in this mindset of volunteering, going out. Um, and once I started with the Special Olympics, I think doing all those things and having all those new experiences have helped me have more compassion for people because I know the we all hear this from the second we get into school you never know what somebody else is going through and you treat people with kindness because you never know what's going on and I don't think I ever took that super duper seriously until I saw all of these people and until I had been in all these situations because in Boys and Girls Club I learned self-awareness and I learned um, treating how to treat other people and understand their situations better. So going into Special Olympics, there isn't one type of disability that these people have or one type of struggle they have. It ranges from so so many different things. So you go into this place where there are so many different struggles and you need to have that skill to know how to handle other people's situations and how to be understanding of what other people are going through. And Boys and Girls Club definitely helped me build that skill. At the end, of, it feels almost normal to me. Like I under, like I understand that a lot of people try to um, come to me and tell me what a good job I'm doing with it and how helpful I'm being, and I really appreciate it. But at the end of the day, I'm just doing what feels right to me, and I'm doing what I want to do. And it doesn't feel like a chore. It doesn't feel like volunteering. It doesn't feel like I'm doing something to benefit um, or to get back this credit and all of these compliments, it feels like I'm doing something to help somebody else and something I enjoy. I think that the relationships in the community makes the Boys and Girls Club magic. Because you can come in here and you can do homework, you can learn these skills, but if you don't have a tight-knit community, then it doesn't feel like home, it doesn't feel safe. It doesn't feel warm, like that warm, fuzzy feeling I was talking about with Shawsville. You don't feel that. I mention her every time I ever, every single time I talk about Boys and Girls Club is Miss Nash. She was the person who allowed me to open up. She's the person who kept me going. She's the person I went to whenever I had problems. She was the one that brought me into Boys and Girls Club, and she's the one that opened me up to all these new experiences and I really can't thank her enough. If you are able to have connections with staff members and other club members, then that's what really makes the club magic.
I've made so many good memories in Boys and Girls Club, and I think I'm a, I'm going to remember the skills they taught me. I'm going to remember the community service I was able to do. I'm always going to remember the relationships I made, especially with the staff members. And hopefully I can continue those relationships after I graduate high school. But I think the main thing is going to be the relationships I made with people. I, I think I'm always going to remember this. Ashton, you are phenomenal. We are so proud of you. We are cheering you on this year. Thank you for sharing some extra minutes with us today in your story. And we um, just appreciate you so much. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, have a good afternoon. Bye. Bye. All right, recording has started. Hey, Becca, thanks again for doing this for us. Um, oh, no problem. Just wanted to start, just tell us a little bit more about Joey in general, just so people, you know, who who don't, you know, know him or aren't at the club with him, just kind of have a sense of, of of what he's like. What are some of the things that, that, that makes Joey special? Oh, goodness. Joey is the cutest little brown hair, brown eyed little boy you will ever see. My son, his name is Joey. He's nine years old. Um, he's in the fourth grade. Um, he has the energy of, I don't even know how to explain it. He has an immense amount of energy. He's goofy. He likes to play practical jokes. Um, he likes to dance. Uh, he loves Legos. He's quite the artist. Um, and he absolutely loves animals. Um, we volunteer at the Montgomery County Humane Society. It's an all-kitten shelter, and that's like one of his favorite things to do. He he has autism, he has ADHD, and he has something called central auditory processing disorder. Um, so he, he struggles with um, reading and comprehending a lot of things. You know, even though he has um, these you know, special needs. He is brilliant. Uh, his mind is, it works in a completely different way than anyone I've ever met. And I wouldn't change it for the world. My name is Rebecca. Uh, my son, Joey, has been going to the Boys and Girls after school program, before school program, and summer program now for four years. That's great. And how did you hear about the uh, Boys and Girls Club? Um, the school is actually who informed us of the program. So we went through the process of applying and there were um, limited spots, but luckily we were able to get in. And what was your kind of first impressions of the, the Boys and Girls Club? Oh, my goodness. It was a blessing. Uh, so especially in this day and age, to have before and after school care uh, provided by the Boys and Girls Club. And they're not just sitting in front of a TV, they're actually learning and doing STEM activities and going outside um, was really, really appealing to us. Besides the Boys and Girls Club, is there anything, you know, around where you guys are? Oh, there, I believe there is one option. I actually took my older children there when they were younger and it was just not, a good fit for our family and it was so extremely expensive. I mean, I was basically working just to send them to a daycare. 
the Boys and Girls Club, it allows me to work a full 40 hours. When it first started, it was a very low cost, and now it's actually free. Probably the one of the best things about the Boys and Girls Club is they offer tutoring. COVID was very trying for all of us. Um, I believe... I believe he was in the first grade. I mean, you know, it happened so quickly. They basically just mailed you a packet and said, do this. You know, it's pretty much like busy work. And with Joey, at that point in time, we were not medicating him. So having him sit in my dining room at a table without, you know, being a teacher, I didn't go to school to be a teacher. So it was extremely hard for me to know to have the tools to teach and, you know, get him to where he needed to be. So when he actually went back to school, he was pretty far behind, especially on his like reading. Reading was a very hard subject for him when we came back from COVID. And there was a moment in time last year when um, he got a U on his report card, and if you're not familiar with like Montgomery County's uh, grade scaling, a U is pretty much failing. We see a, a great development developmental specialist as well, um, and she actually was telling me that we should get like a private tutor. And I was telling her, I was like, I don't think you really understand my financial situation. <laughs> so I actually reached out to the director, Mr. Brad. We love Mr. Brad. So I reached out to him and asked him if he could set up some tutoring for Joey. So within, I would say maybe three or four days, they had it set up. He was going three days a week for about 45 minutes to an hour. For Joey, what he has like, um, with the central auditory processing, it makes it difficult for multi-step processes. Like he needs visual cues. And they're actually actually able to do that for him in the tutoring, which makes it even better. I mean, he just latches on to it. He really enjoyed that one-on-one personal time. And it was, it was so effective that when he got his next grade, he got an A. And that was the first time he'd ever gotten an A in reading. So he was like so confident and so proud of himself that it was just, I'm going to try not to get emotional, but, um, you know, when your child has special needs, you really want them to be confident and succeed and have all the support they can so that way they feel good about going to school. You don't want them to wake up every day and think, you know, I hate this because I'm having such such a hard time. So since all of this tutoring, if you could have seen Joey's face when he got that A, he was so proud. And it was all because we had tutoring four days a week. And you know what? He may continue, have to continue doing tutoring for days a week, but you know, he's okay with that. And so am I because he's doing excellent. It was really awesome. I'm just really thankful that we have resources, especially like to have important mentors for our kids in this area. I know a lot of my friends, 
that are in like Blue Ridge and places like that, they don't offer Boys and Girls Club. And I'm like, I don't know what I would do without them because they've helped so much. Thank you for joining us on this incredible journey of The Magic Within, a podcast series by Boys and Girls Clubs of Southwest Virginia. We want to extend a special invitation to you, our listener. If you believe, as we do, that every child deserves a chance to shine and reach their full potential and are feeling inspired on this Giving Tuesday or any day, please support our mission. We're here for kids who need us most. Well, once you feel as though you have a some sense of belonging, then your mind can focus on growing. You know, it's great when we hear about organizations like the Boys and Girls Club. No matter what your background, uh, what your identity is, to feel as though you have a a safe space to operate in then uh, allows you to, to be your best self and to grow and develop. The Boys and Girls Club, it's so important. You know, I had no idea how inclusive and and accepting and, and how nurturing the club is. Well, I mean, I think that it provides that safe space. I think safe spaces, we cannot underestimate a safe space for a kid. Um, I think it gives them a safe place. It makes them feel like they're, they have a voice, that um, they can find trust here, uh, friends, build social skills. So having that two or three hours after school with people who can protect you and um, who are uh, great at holding space for you and being present for you um, is a gift, really, that we can give our kids. Boys and Girls Club creates a great safe space for kids. Man, if the Boys and Girls Club close tomorrow, oh, geez, <laughs> it's a lot of kids looking for a place to be to hang out in a safe space. I would, I would love for someone to support us by way of a financial donation. Someone who has a skill set, who's willing to volunteer with us once a week. Someone who is willing to believe in the future of a child they've never met. And the work that we do, that when that child walks out of 12th grade, that they are ready to make a positive impact for society. That's, that's what we do. You know, the graduates of the Boys and Girls Club will tell you, if it wasn't for the Boys and Girls Club, this is nationwide. I don't know where my life would be at. And this is something we're experiencing here in Roanoke City. And some folks think Roanoke City is a small place and nobody knows of, but there's been a lot of people who graduated from Boys and Girls Club and went on to do big things. And there's people coming in the door to experience the same thing. So I tell those individuals, whether you're a donor or whether you're someone who's skeptical, come and see it. You have to see it. So if you're listening and you care at all about our kids in our community, care at all about creating safe spaces for our kids, I say definitely contact the Boys and Girls Club to see how you can help out, how you can um, make a contribution that will benefit the youth here. I think one thing I just want to show how much I appreciate all the people that work in Boys and Girls Club, work with Boys and Girls Club, help support Boys and Girls Club, even if they're just donating or showing up to events. um, Because they are the people behind the big screen that make everything work and they dedicate their lives to this and it is such an important thing that I think everybody should really everybody that's involved should really appreciate the people who are behind the scenes making all of it happen. I think the people 
the admin, the staff, everybody who come here every day and make it their point to be invested in the kids' lives, I think that definitely makes a difference because it made a difference for me. This is the real deal. Like, everybody that works here genuinely cares about the kids that they serve, and it's about service. Um, it's about, you know, meeting the needs. And, and, and so if you have something that you want to give, make sure that your heart is in the place to do so. It's all in love. It's genuine love. So I will say that is a secret sauce. It's genuine love. Being a club kid is awesome. Like, it's the best. Like, I love Boys and Girls Club more than school. See, like, when you first step into the building, like, you just get a sense of home, like, when you first step in. Even on your first day, you get a sense of home. It's hard not to feel the good vibes from here, to be honest. Just thinking about the experiences that I've had here at the Boys and Girls Club and how impactful their presence has been in our community, um, it would really sadden me if you guys had it close. <laughs> Well, it makes me think back to um, a lot of times in my work in trauma work, we say you have to Maslow before you bloom. <laughs> and that means you have to meet the basic needs of Maslow's uh, hierarchy before you can do Bloom's taxonomy, which is growing and learning and expanding and differentiating yourself. And, and to me, programs like Boys and Girls Club provides the space where kids can get their basic needs met on that Maslow's hierarchy so that they can bloom. <laughs> we really would appreciate any kind of efforts to make sure that the clubs are sustained and that the kids can continue to come here at an affordable rate, um, even for those that can't afford to pay. Like, So the parent who says, I cannot afford to send my kid to the club, that's not going to stop that kid from coming. We're going to find a scholarship to get that kid in. We want that kid with us versus being the latchkey kid at home where mom's at work, young man, young ladies at home. No, we, we want them here with us. I know the Boys and Girls Clubs make sure that um, they work with families and they provide um, options and alternatives financially. And they can only do that with the contributions that they get from donors and donations. So I love coming and seeing these kids. I, would, I personally would be devastated if I couldn't come anymore. And I just think the overall picture, if, they, if Boys and Girls Club had to close their doors, is that so many kids in the community would miss out. This is the real deal. Like, everybody that works here genuinely cares about the kids that they serve, and it's about service. Um, it's about, you know, meeting the needs. And, and, and so if you have something that you want to give, make sure that your heart is in the place to do so. It's all in love. It's genuine love. So I would say that is a secret sauce. Is genuine love. Boys and Girls Club offers so many youth that one supportive adult that they need, that makes that one difference in their life that they needed. I love the kids. I love the club. Um, I wish we could get more people in here that that want to see these kids make a difference because they're probably going to be our future leaders, and you never know they might be taking care of me when I'm old. So <laughs> it makes me feel very. I can't even like explain it in words, but like it makes me feel very good. It makes me feel thankful. I'm thankful to be at Boys and Girls Club, and I know almost all the kids here are. That's the magic of kids who say, I am a better young adult because of what happened in this space. That, that's why we're here.
So if you're listening to our podcast and you're interested in getting involved with the Boys and Girls Club, my suggestion would be think about our mission. And now that you know what that is, why does that speak to you? And how do you feel that you're uniquely situated to serve that mission? And for every person, it looks totally different. Um, Maybe there's a, a subject area you really care about. Maybe you're a retired teacher or a retired um, astronomer, anything. I mean, and you have a skill that you think you could share with kids. You can work with us. You can volunteer with us. um, You can help provide opportunities to children by connecting them. Maybe you currently work somewhere that you think, hey, this would be a great opportunity for these kids to get to experience this. Um, You can always reach out on our website. Um, Our emails are listed there and phone numbers, and we can connect you that way. Maybe you feel that the best way you can support children reaching those goals is by to give and to support that way or to come to a special event. And there's other volunteer opportunities like special events or things we do in the community that because we're engaged in these, it brings resources back to the club. Um, Yeah, there's just a lot of ways, but I always encourage people, the first stop is think about what's important to you as it relates to our mission and then think about what you have that's unique that would support that mission. Your contributions can make a profound impact, helping us continue to unlock the magic within each young person we serve. Visit our website at www.bgcswva.org to find out how you can get involved, donate, and volunteer. Together, we can create brighter futures for the young people across our region. This series was created by Will Solari and Emily Pinkerton and edited and produced by Will Solari. Thank you to our podcast series sponsor, P1 Technologies, and episode sponsor, Branch Group, with additional support from Whistler Plumbing and Air, Carmus, Cox Communications, Safehouse Signs, Pinnacle Financial Partners, Roanoke Valley Orthodontics, New River Electrical, Dominion Risk Advisors, First Citizens Bank, Freedom First, and Member One Federal Credit Union. Our theme music is titled Sonata for a Red Moon and was composed and performed by our very own 17-year-old club member, Rex. We appreciate you joining us for this journey. Thanks for listening and keep believing in the magic within. All right, what else do we need? Join. Join the Boys and Girls Club. If you got kids, join the Boys and Girls Club. And, and also, your, kid, your kids will have a fun time, so. Dan. That's it? Yeah.